joint venture between IRAs. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's ad bits, I want to discuss the legality of doing a joint venture between multiple IRAs, IRAs and 401ks, and what the IRS actually says about it. So before we get started, we have to, of course, look and examine the IRS prohibited transaction rules, because those are the rules that determine what you can and cannot do with the retirement account. So just as a recap, because of course, this is not the first video or podcast you have watched from me on self-directed IRAs, prohibited transactions, joint ventures, done them for years. And hopefully you are pretty well versed in that. But here's a quick, quick recap. So there's essentially only three things you cannot do with a retirement account. Life insurance, you can actually do it with a 401k, just not with an IRA. Number two, collectibles, can't buy like art. There is a special carve out for pure uh, precious metals, gold, silver, palladium, bullion, coins, bullion coins, American Eagle statemented, uh, but they must be held in the physical possession of a U.S. depository, U.S. trust company. You can't hold them in your house. And then thirdly, under Internal Revenue Code Section 4975, which is relevant for today's podcast, essentially an IRA or a 401k cannot engage in any transaction where a disqualified person, which is the IRA owner, lineal descendants of the IRA owner, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons have any direct or indirect personal benefit, right? So you can't buy a house and live in it. You can't take your IRA and go to Hawaii. You can't take your IRA, buy yourself a Ferrari. You can't take your IRA, buy your kids a Ferrari. You can't take your IRA, buy your wife a Ferrari. You can't take your IRA, buy a house and let your kids live in it, right? Whatever your IRA does or 401k does, it must be done 100% exclusively to benefit your retirement account. So no personal benefit by a disqualified person. Now, siblings are not disqualified. Aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, not disqualified. Now, interestingly enough, if you look at the definition of disqualified person under 4975E2, a retirement plan is not deemed a disqualified person. The first one is a fiduciary, which let's say is maybe an investment advisor or maybe you. And then there's a whole list of the uh, types of disqualified people I met, but there's actually no reference to a retirement account. Now, the Build Back Better bill back in 2001, fall of 2001, seems like forever ago, there was a provision in there that never got um, part of the bill. Um, it was taken out pretty early, but there was a, a provision in there that tried to make the retirement account actually a disqualified person. So that, that's not the case. That's not the law. The law, as of today, is technically a retirement account is not a disqualified person. Now, the beneficiary of the retirement plan is a disqualified person, right? If it's my IRA and not my spouse is my beneficiary, clearly she is a disqualified person. And let's say I put my neighbor as a, as a beneficiary. Technically, my neighbor would also be a disqualified person since it's the beneficiary of my IRA. But in cases where you have a situation where you have two IRAs or an IRA in a form K or a SEP, simple, Roth, all doing a joint venture, let's say to buy real estate where title will be spread in the different types of retirement accounts name, or maybe you just fund a separate LLC where you have Roth put in 50K, traditional puts in 20K, um, simple puts in 30K. So now everything goes 50, 20, 30. And now the entity is 100K and it goes by as real estate or does a deal or whatever. And everything goes pro rata, profits, losses, distributions, 50, 30, 20. 
to the respective retirement account. That's technically fine. Now, of course, as a disqualified person, I can be the manager of the LLC and kind of direct investments and manage the entity, but I can't take a salary, right? I can't do active you know, marketing or um, I can't build the house, paint the walls. Um, but obviously I can decide, you know, what real estate the entity buys, when it should buy it, when it should sell it, what should it rent it out at, what color the walls are. I can hire the contractor. Like I can do all those managerial necessary tasks, but I can't do what's not necessary, like fix the toilet. Someone else should do that and can do that. Um, but point of today's podcast is, yeah, you can do joint ventures between retirement accounts, whether it's traditional, raw, SEP, simples, 401k, solos, um, as long as what I suggest is, Funding the entity at the same time, clean, crisp. Uh, I would try not to add contributions to it because you have you know dilution issues. I'm not as worried about prohibited transaction because technically an IRA is not a disqualified person under 4975E2, but it's much cleaner if you just kind of like close the door on that entity, throw away the key. So once to go back to my example of the 50, 30, 20, any of the profits that keep rolling in or the cash, you can reinvest it. But I wouldn't have this, the Roth, the traditional, the simple, add more money in if you could uh, resist that. Because this way, you don't have any dilution. You don't have to uh, modify capital accounts. You don't have any potential prohibited transaction risk. Uh, why? Because under the Swanson case, the 1996 tax court case, it stated clearly that the entity only becomes disqualified once it's funded. Right. So even though I don't have any disqualified people here, it's just retirement accounts. The fact that there's no additional funding coming into that entity, I think you you really protect yourself for um, you know any argument by the IRS that there's some sort of uh, you know disqualified entity prohibited transaction. So that would be my advice. Um, but otherwise, it happens all the time. We have thousands of clients that will like, do joint ventures, whether it's their own retirement accounts, their family members, their friends. Um, obviously, if you do friends retirement accounts, there's no issue. But it's your your spouse, your kids, parents, you know lineal descendants. Because a plan is not deemed a disqualified person under 4975E2, you have a lot more flexibility and leeway uh, versus if the actual individual put the cash in. And in that case, um, you know, you definitely have a little more risk. In that case, you definitely, once you fund that entity you know, simultaneously, you, you want to lock it essentially. You don't want to add more funds in. Why? Because technically that entity is now disqualified. It's now owned more than 50% by your IRA and you personally, let's say. So adding more funds could trigger the primitive transaction. But since Swanson said the entity only becomes disqualified upon funding, so long as you fund and then stop adding money to it, you shouldn't have any issue under 4975. So there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, I did, yes, definitely. Uh, I get a lot of questions about joint ventures between retirement accounts. So definitely wanted to um, do this video slash podcast. I probably done this topic in various ways uh, in the past, whether it's blogs, videos, podcasts, but just want to do it again, just as a refresher. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope um, you're having a great, great summer and uh, appreciate you hanging out with me today. Uh, come back next Tuesday or just check out any of the um, hundred or so past uh, podcasts I've done on various self-directed topics. Um, you can check it out wherever you pick up your podcast or on YouTube where we, uh, also post videos of the podcast. So if you just rather look at me for whatever reason, um, enjoy. Uh, take care. Have an amazing rest of your day. And uh, talk to everyone again next week. Ciao.